0: Keeping it Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life. I'm your hostess, Janine Strong, and every two weeks I have a fun, inspiring conversation with an ordinary person leading an extraordinary life. And today my conversation is with Joe Busseggie. Joe has over 10 years experience in plant medicine and loves sharing the miraculous healing power of plant medicines with others. His healing work is rooted in a deep commitment and passion for health, wellness, and justice. Experiencing grassroots community-led organizing inspires his work that connects healing and transformation with organizing for justice and collective liberation. He's dedicated to exploring the use of plant medicines for healing from individual and collective trauma. Joe's dedication to medicinal cannabis arose when his father was diagnosed with cancer, and we'll hear more about that. And then he started the company Mana Cannabis to fill a void in the understanding of the healing properties of cannabis sativa and plant medicines in general. Hi, Joe. How are you?
1: Hello, Janine. I'm very well. Thank you. Very excited to be on with you.
0: Yeah, excellent. With everything going on around legalizing cannabis and people wanting to use it medicinally, but not really knowing what to do. um, And not really some people would like to, but they're not really sure it's safe. And I thought you would be just an excellent person to help set the record straight on this.
1: Well, thank you so much. Um, I certainly Uh, Have a passion for the healing properties of of cannabis and and how um, How much benefit? uh, the plant can be to so many people it is a very very safe medicine especially in in our age of uh, pharmaceutical um, options Mm -hmm. Cannabis is non-toxic to the body across the board um, in any dose. And it works with a built-in system in our, throughout our body in in miraculous ways uh, that we've, that we've forgotten about,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: have been with us for thousands of years.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let's start by uh, how did you get in, interested in the medicinal properties of cannabis and what led you down this path?
1: Well, i was interested in cannabis uh, for personal and recreational use going all the way back uh, that uh, that I can remember since a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it became a serious concern for me to crack the limited understanding of the medicinal properties when my father was diagnosed with with colorectal cancer. Mm-hmm. At the time, Oregon had a very young uh, medical marijuana program.
0: Okay.
1: It was in its infancy and there was really no medicine available on the market. Mm-hmm. In order to obtain medicine, you needed to cultivate it and you needed to process it and you needed to understand how to use it. Mm-hmm. So when my father was diagnosed, uh, my passing uh, interest in the plant became much more serious, and I took on the challenge to cultivate organic cannabis uh, and create medicine for him from scratch, and in doing that process, I I fell in love with the plant more so than ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I came to witness its healing properties in my father, and as soon as I realized what benefit this wonderful plant offers i began to offer any expertise i had amassed uh, to others who were suffering from from myriad conditions
0: what kinds of conditions have you uh, helped people with
1: it's good for so much uh it interacts with our cells across our entire body so people sometimes are are a little Uh, amazed by by the wide variety of benefits that are offered by cannabis that's because it is actually connecting with our physical and mental selves throughout our entire being so therefore I've had the opportunity to work with people who suffer from chronic pain people who suffer from neurological conditions such as epilepsy which by the way is potentially the most dramatic out of all conditions, the most dramatic relief, immediate relief offered, is is to persons suffering from um, seizure disorders. Wow. But also, uh, it's it's really it's really astounding. It can change the quality of life that the day they begin uh, using cannabis products.
0: Really, I didn't know that. That's now is this because of the endocannabinoid system?
1: That's right. And when I was mentioning that it interacts with our entire body that's specifically what i was what i was speaking in reference to we have in all cells throughout our body uh receptor sites that bind with the natural components present in cannabis these are known as uh, cannabinoids Mm -hmm. and they are throughout all all of our entire body. Um, and this system has only been known about since 1992. So just like everything else with cannabis, um, the scientific understanding is just unfolding. It's, it's in its infancy.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I have a question for you uh, before you go sure. on, because I've been wondering about this. Um, now, is it just cannabinoids that there are receptors for in the endocannabinoid system from cannabis? Or is there anything else that uh, how do I say it? Is attracted to these receptor sites.
1: They are interacting with cannabinoids. However, there are cannabinoids present in other plants besides cannabis. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, they are found the in the highest concentrations uh, known come from the cannabis sativa plant. And certain cannabinoids are only found, uh, to our knowledge at this point, in cannabis sativa. and and in in great concentrations and and in a great variety there's 144 known cannabinoids at this point uh, of our understanding um, in the the cannabis sativa uh, genus and it feels to be a medicine that was just made to interact with our body at all levels Mm -hmm. certain drugs only interact with very specific parts of our body maybe the central nervous system You can find benefits uh, of cannabinoids uh, throughout the body. That's why it can be used for skin conditions, and it can be used for uh, psychological conditions like anxiety. It can be used uh, for cancer specifically. Uh, It has been shown that several cannabinoids stop the growth of tumors and even kill cancer cells. It's really miraculous Mm -hmm. how it with us as beings.
0: Okay, so my question then would be, if we have this endocannabinoid system, we must produce cannabinoids in our body too, don't we? I mean, otherwise, I mean, I can't imagine that we have this whole system in our body just waiting for us to ingest cannabinoids. (laughs) Sure,
1: there are endogenous cannabinoids as well. And uh, just like with other systems, we have a serotonin system and a dopamine system and uh, other systems as well uh they fit the receptor sites perfectly they bind and and that's the source of healing is is when we ingest these medicines they find their way to these specific cell sites that are that are built specifically for these type of compounds uh they bind with them, and they provide benefits that are meant to be experienced that are built into our systems
0: mm-hmm and you're saying that all of our cells have a receptor for cannabinoids?
1: There's two receptor sites; they call them CB1 and CB2, and okay. they are distributed throughout the body.
0: Okay. Okay. So, how does now? I know there's you've you've talked about the sativa. Um, what about the indica?
1: Sure, strain? cannabis sativa is is just the name for for the entire species of, of cannabis. however, that actually would include the indica strains of of cannabis. Um, the nomenclature has gotten a little bit a, a little bit uh, redundant, I suppose. Uh, but so the different strains, um, each cannabis plant, uh, as it has traveled with us, it's worth mentioning that the cannabis plant has been with us for in recorded terms at least, 5,000 years, but really it's more ancient ally than that Mm -hmm. and wherever we've taken it or wherever it grows naturally, uh, it produces a different Combination of cannabinoids and uh, also terpenes Mm -hmm. based on location climate and That variation uh, creates different effects and offers different medicinal potentials so sativa strains tend to be more energetic they tend to have maybe lower levels of thc in general and they offer uh, benefits for people that are uh, looking for a lower anxiety a more active type of effect indica is is the other popular um sub variety and uh there are there is there is at least one more class of, of cannabis flowers called Ruderalis which is, is less popular mm-hmm. uh, but the benefits offered uh, by each of them it all it is also individual every person's relationship with cannabis is different and some people certainly receive better effects from certain strains than others and there's also of course hybrids of these, which is why they're, they are really the same plant. They just grow slightly differently. And they have different combinations of the cannabinoids and terpenes present.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there really isn't a one size fits all for this, is there? I know, uh, for myself, I've been experimenting with just very small doses at night of the, um, the tincture. It's Uh, actually an MCT oil. And in the the dispensaries where I live, they always try to get me to use an indica strain. And I keep telling them the indica, I don't react well to it at all. The sativa actually helps me to fall asleep and get a much deeper sleep. But the indica, which I guess is normally used for that, does not work for me.
1: Exactly. Uh, Certain strains uh provide certain benefits for certain people but there is no hard and fast rules Uh, as you mentioned totally the common understanding is if you're looking for an insomnia relief you would look first to an indica flower higher concentrations of thc more sedative tends to produce uh, the couch lock effect Mm -hmm. that sets you down and and keeps you from moving around too much, uh, which is also a a demonstration of the anti-convulsant properties of THC, Mm -hmm. which are in higher concentrations in indica flowers. That being said, not everybody reacts the same way to these cannabinoids. Uh, For one person, THC may provide a couch lock and insomnia-relieving effect. For someone else, it can create extreme anxiety uh, and can stop someone from uh, achieving a restful night's sleep, mm-hmm. let alone putting them to sleep. And that's why, as I mentioned, you have, you have these different strains and you have all these various cannabinoids. And it's important to just find out what works well with you individually. Certain flowers may have high THC and low CBD. And these are two of the most well-known cannabinoids, and they sort of counteract one another. So, yeah, certainly. So if uh, you experience the anxiety or paranoia effects of a high THC strain by even just ingesting some CBD product or taking some flour, which is low in THC and high in CBD, it will counteract those effects. So when you find uh, that indica doesn't work, I would be careful to, to consider that potentially that strain of indica didn't work. It may have had a very low con- concentration of CBD in and in a very high concentration of THC. But again, each one is individual to, to the person using the medicine. And the only way to really find out what's right is through tr- for for you is through trial and error, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's why it's important to be careful uh, and judicious when uh, experimenting. But should you should you be careful to do so, you can be confident that there will not be any serious negative side effects. As long as you start in low dose and keep track of what you are taking, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you'll be, you'll be okay.
0: Okay. Until
1: until you dial in exactly what's right for you.
0: So, so let's, let's, uh, let's look at perhaps a, uh, a real world issue. So I'm going to be doing uh, with Dr. Matt Flory, the functional medicine doctor who's been on several times. We're going to be doing a, a segment on anxiety and depression. And so an anxiety just seems to be rampant these days. So let's say somebody comes to you who's, who's experiencing high levels of anxiety. They're having difficulty functioning in the world. How would you counsel them or coach them to experiment and find what's right for them?
1: First off, I would recommend that they try a high CBD strain. Okay. CBD is the cannabinoid that has been shown most beneficial for anxiety relief.
0: Okay. So do you want any THC in it at all then? or?
1: I, I believe yes. Yes, you do. And there are many cannabis strains that have very, very low levels of THC and, and very high levels of CBD. Uh, a couple that come to mind are Charlotte's Web, Catatonic, Frank's Gift. These are all great strains mm-hmm. to experiment with if you're looking for anxiety relief. Mm-hmm. Again, the idea is to start slow, uh, and low mm-hmm. and be aware of, of all of the effects. Uh, just bringing awareness to the results will help you navigate what's best for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. What it's, a, go on.
0: No, I was going to ask about pain.
1: Oh, for pain, I recommend uh, higher, higher THC products and flowers, as well as high CBD products. You can find some that are pretty well balanced. Uh, again, if, if it is in balance, then the negative effects of THC should be kept in check by the CBD. They really work well as a team. Mm-hmm. In fact, all of these cannabinoids work as a team, and there are many of them. But when they are all present in whatever product one should choose to use, they, they potentiate one another,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they really bring out the full, the full spectrum of effects of the cannabinoids.
0: Got it. When
1: they're all present together.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So whole plant. Is best.
1: That's what I advocate for, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And when seeking uh, relief from anxiety, I recommend, and and generally uh, for medicinal purposes, I recommend edible products and made from whole spectrum cannabis or hemp products. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that they are just taking a simple extraction very natural process and there's, there's nothing overly scientific or pharmaceutical about the process. Mm -hmm. And it's a simple extraction of everything present within that plant. So you get it all and you get it all in proportion to what it was naturally in, in the flower and leaves of the cannabis plant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when uh, treating pain um, I suggest a strain like a blackberry kush that's also great for insomnia um, and in an oil form and and it can be eaten in very low doses uh, and we can talk about the best way to start uh, a a program like um, mm-hmm. of of, of, of Micro dosing edible cannabis.
0: That was going to be my next topic, so oh, <laughs> you can segue right into that if you'd like.
1: <laughs> sure, that's great. Yeah, you know we've come to be familiar with cannabis consumption in terms of smoking. Obviously, is is how everyone was was first introduced um, in our in our age to to the plant, and there are potential benefits. Uh, however, you are taking a very very large dose. And you are taking it in a way that it will be very, very rapid onset and very, very short duration. You're looking uh, obviously at, at an hour uh, before the peak effects begin to fade, mm-hmm. and and you're taking it in a sort of unknown quantity. You're you're taking a big blast of it all at once when you smoke it.
0: Right, this- and you know the coughing bit never really did much for me. <laughs>
1: More and more people aren't interested in smoking anything.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And I appreciate that. Absolutely. It's it's uh, not the ideal way to consume cannabis.
0: But now when you're taking it um, internally as a, a tincture or an oil um, sure. or a, a jelly, whatever, uh, it, it has to get processed through the liver, correct? So it correct. takes longer. Yes. It lasts longer, but... Uh, doesn't it take, what, maybe a couple of hours?
1: It can. It can take up to two hours for the effects to set in. Um, More generally, it is about one hour. And this is where the caution uh, piece really comes in when when eating cannabis products. You don't want to jump the gun on, this hasn't worked, this isn't working, I should take more. (laughs) This is... Again, cannabis is non-toxic, and and so um, it will not cause damage to cells, even in very, very high doses. But I have personally experienced many times over, and I've I've known many as well, you can scare yourself a bit by eating too much cannabis, and you can certainly make your day unproductive.
0: Well... That's the other thing here. Now, if you're not doing this recreationally, if you're doing this really because of the medicinal properties, uh, because of some uh, psychological, emotional benefit or physical benefit, you obviously most likely want to function too. You, you don't want to be a zombie and all high, right? That's why I like the idea of the microdosing because you're still, uh, you still have your wits about you.
1: That's right. And the idea with microdosing is and this is with any psychoactive uh, compound is that you ingest enough where the effects are either not or just barely perceptible. Uh, they call it the threshold dose. Okay. And this will be different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And with cannabis, you want to dose in regards uh, to. THC for the threshold. So you okay. want to take in just enough where you either just barely notice the, the the physical effects of it or just a little bit under that, even. And when you do this, you can eat it throughout the day and go to work, and it's not recommended that anybody operate heavy machinery. That being said, it will not affect your ability to conduct your business, just as if you hadn't hadn't taken it. And you'll see a lot of people who will just either nibble on edibles just a little bit, maybe a couple times throughout the day. For some people, once is enough. Uh, in my personal experience, I like to dose twice throughout the day, and I'm not using it as a, a recreational substance. I'm I'm using it. For medicinal benefits pain anxiety Depression and mood it, it really can be wonderful for from mood in general uh, in my in my instance mm-hmm. so Just a small amount of I like to eat whole cannabis oil and I have uh, specific strains that that I've Found work best for me, and this is what everybody will have to work out for themselves and You start very small, and you can take it every day. Mm -hmm. You can take it as needed. It's very much an individual thing. You do build tolerance to cannabinoids, and so, therefore, you may begin with a, say, 5-milligram THC dose is oftentimes a good starting place for men uh, and less for women, in the the two and a half milligram THC dosage range. And you may find that the benefits uh, keep you dosing it daily. And that as time goes on, you eat a little bit more.
0: Would it be a good idea to do like uh, five days on two days off or something like that, or for your body to kind of reset? I think I read somewhere that before you start microdosing, as you can tell, I've been on the internet, reading uh, before you start microdosing, if you've been doing any cannabis products, to uh, not do anything for 48 hours so that your body can reset.
1: Yeah, that's a great idea. If you are looking for the the benefits of microdosing, it is definitely a good idea. And this is sort of moving away from recreational use towards a, a more Intentional medical use of the product, and uh, absolutely, just a couple of days will do a lot to reset your your endocannabinoid system and your your individual interaction with the plant.
0: Mm-hmm. So now, if you were going to take it, say, a couple of times a day, all right. So let's say it takes one to two hours to kick in, and then about how many hours does it last?
1: It can last up to eight hours oh. for some people. In, in in smaller in micro doses, it, it tends to be a little bit shorter effect than that. Mm-hmm. Potentially up to four. And again, this is as time goes on and and one becomes more familiar with the medicine, it'll it'll be more in that range.
0: Mm-hmm. So if you were going to take a second dose, you'd want to wait at least like maybe what five or six hours.
1: I'd say yeah, five hours is is a pretty good rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. And again, each each of these things is very individual. Right. And, and people should feel comfortable in these low doses to experiment. If you do end up taking it uh, after five hours and you feel, you know what, I was a little bit more sedated than I would have wanted to be, or maybe I felt a little bit of anxiety, you know that maybe you want to either spread your doses out a little bit or potentially look at different strains or products
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, a journal is a great idea
0: yes that would be a
1: journal a journal is a really great idea you can record when you took your dose exactly what it was what the product was whether it was an oil an edible uh, you can keep track of these things and by recording when you felt the onset Or just even if you just want to make some general notes on what the experience was like, it can be uh, it can be quick and it can be powerful once you have a record of these things to look back on. Mm -hmm. It's it's a it's a faster way to get to the right choices for you.
0: Well, I think that is wise counsel, because I know if anybody's like me, I always think I'm going to (laughs) remember.
1: Oh, me too. Yeah. And, and guess and this, what? <laughs> in, in this case, in, in this case probably more than others as well. This is this is not going to be the preferred way. Yeah, I, I do as well. I do as well. I had to I had to build the the uh habit of of recording uh, intentionally because I, I tend to think I'll just I'll just remember as well. But as we know uh, there can be some some memory impacts as well, but that tends to be in higher doses and generally with smoked uh, marijuana, sorry cannabis, uh, uh, much more so than right. it will be expressed in in a microdose. You should have your memory in
0: order. Well, and and just in general, I mean, I've often told my friends if if I say I'm going to do something, if I'm not doing it right now. Um, and or you don't see me write it down or I'm saying I'm not telling you I'm writing it down, you better tell me to write it down because I think I'm gonna remember and I probably won't.
1: If it's not on my schedule, it doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> I, I connect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Now, okay, let's let's talk well, we may as well stay with microdosing. So <laughs> I've been reading here. I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her first name correctly. elect Waldman's book, A Really Good Day. And it's called How Microdosing Made a Mega Difference in My Mood, My Marriage and My Life. And uh, she's a good writer, by the way. I I like the way she writes. She's kind of funny. And she's very honest. Um, and she started microdosing LSD. And I know you can microdose psilocybin mushrooms, too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those are things that a lot of people I know have tried over the years. And I don't know if it's because I grew up in the Midwest and the era of Nixon when, you know, this is your, your brain on I don't know what was it on marijuana, was it? And they showed a fried egg and Your brain on drugs. <laughs> Your brain on drugs, yeah. Oh, and, I remember that. So. <laughs> and all the all of the negative press. A lot of it was lies and um yes. you know, but for some reason I guess I must have taken it to heart. So I never tried any of those. And I've actually been reading this book and thinking, hmm, you know, because I don't consider myself a depressed person, but I would say I've kind of lost my joie de vivre, and I've I've been thinking, wow, maybe a little microdosing might be a good idea. So let's let's talk about that because sure, sure. yeah, go ahead. Sure,
1: this is your brain on drugs. <laughs> Such an interesting slogan because now we have the machines to take the pictures and see exactly what is your brain on these drugs look like? Uh, In the case of LSD and psilocybin, we can see that these substances temporarily suspend what's known as the default mode network. And in simple terms, the default mode network is all of the pathways in our brain that we have used every day just instinctively, without thought, and they create our reality. These are our deeply ingrained beliefs. These are our habits. These are our default behaviors and thoughts, and these can get deeply ingrained and can lead to us cycling through them without any awareness that we are doing so and without any awareness that we have all of this wonderful brain at our fingertips outside of these well-worn pathways.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've often over the years, cause I've talked about like meditating and, and especially using binaural beats and, and helping your brain to grow new neural pathways. Yes. And the, I often have seen it visually as uh, a mountain with rivulets Uh, deep in the dirt and in the in the rocks. And and the water always goes down those same, those same pathways, and they never change. And that's kind of what happens in our brain. It's over and over and over again, we just keep doing the same thing. We keep thinking the same thing, we keep processing and acting in the same way.
1: What a great analogy. Absolutely. Just like just like the water that erodes the soil and the rocks, our thinking and, and our, our behaviors, they do the same thing in our brain. They set these pathways and they ingrain them and it can get to a place where it feels like those are our only available options. Mm-hmm. This is not true. Uh, as we come to learn, children who, who don't have all of this experience and uh, habit ingrained see the world Differently than we do they that's why they see so much wonder and magic in the world as we build these deep trenches in our in our neurological pathways our 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 brains We forget exactly how much wonder surrounds us at all times exactly how Miraculous our existence is so these particular substances psilocybin and LSD, they act to temporarily suspend that default mode network and allow us to really take in all of the potential and possibility and beauty that constantly surrounds us. That's why you hear about mystical experiences and high doses. Mm -hmm. And that's why you now see institutions such as Johns Hopkins University conducting clinical trials in humans using these medicines in high doses for uh, specifically psilocybin. They are not using LSD yet, uh, only because it is a trickier legal hurdle to clear. Mm-hmm. But but they will as soon as they are they are on that on on the road towards uh, that medicine as well. Uh, but they use them to treat things like treatment-resistant depression, anxiety at end of life. They found that high doses of, of psilocybin can provide dying cancer patients or just terminally ill or, or elderly individuals relief from the fear of dying. Cool. It's it's an amazing thing. So these are these are also, like anything else, medicines that can be used at the micro dose level and they, they build upon each other. They, they really, uh, the the dose that you take today will be built upon by the dose that you take in three days. And I've had the opportunity to use it personally for depression and had wonderful results, but I've also witnessed uh and, and heard stories but known indiv known personally people who have experienced life-changing transformations uh by by microdosing both with psilocybin and with lsd and it's it's a very a very pleasant non-threatening choice you're taking these things in such low doses that you don't have to worry about any of the things that, that people have worried about in the past, some of which you're, you're right, has been hysteria or has been misinformation about the effects of these drugs, but in in these low doses, you aren't going to be tripping. You aren't going to be experiencing any of, of the effects that you hear about. You're just going to be either not actually aware that you've taken anything mm-hmm. or just barely aware that the colors just seem a little bit brighter. And that was the experience of the author on a really good day. She mm-hmm. after after undertaking a micro dosing mm-hmm. regimen, she eventually just realized that she had the ability to appreciate the beauty of the world around her for the first time in years, mm-hmm. which is a quality of life. It's a quality of life change that is, is really, it can't be understated. Just being able to appreciate the beauty of the flowers and the trees and all that can be the difference between having a passion for life and being stuck in the doldrums.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I haven't finished her book yet, but I'm noticing that she's getting less and less angry, uh, less and less hooked by by things and more... Kind of more neutral, more able to just let things go and not let them bother her so much.
1: Absolutely. When you open up all of the potential and you get, you get less stuck in, in, in these patterns of thought and behavior, absolutely. It's, it's just going to lead to a happier disposition in general. I've yet to speak with anybody who said that Micro dosing. And again, a micro dose is a dose at the threshold or just barely above or below, depending on your personal preference, but it should be about at the threshold of perception. And I've yet to speak with anybody who's undertaken this practice who deeply regretted it. It's not something I've come into contact with. Mm-hmm. However, I've, I have, I have known many individuals who credit dramatic increases in quality of life uh, to having been willing to try this Uh, Mm -hmm. i've also known people who who said that they they started it and and they felt that it for whatever reason wasn't for them at the time but i've yet to hear anyone who said there was bad results
0: Mm -hmm
1: the The worst I've heard is is I it wasn't for me at this time.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. interesting. Wow, plant medicine is just so fascinating.
1: <laughs> it is across the board. These plants have are have been have been given to us. Uh, the idea of an illegal plant is is such a silly concept in my from my perspective, mm-hmm. especially being, As uh, I have hemlock that grows on my property. Mm -hmm. Hemlock is entirely legal. Eaten in very small quantities, it's fatal. So (laughs) it's just very interesting to me that these safe plants like the psilocybin mushroom or cannabis uh, have been locked away from us. It's wonderful. It's wonderful that we're reawakening to the fact that the that the pharmacopoeia of nature is at our fingertips and that there is such healing potential in the plants that surround us. All the way through and through, we've sort of come to a place where we feel that we must take an isolated molecule in a sterile, pharmaceutically produced fashion in order for it to be medicine. But that's simply not true. Medicine is at its best when it comes as close to nature as possible. That's why these plants uh, have been with us for so long, healed us for so long. And there's such such a, a wide variety of health benefits that can come from whole plant medicines.
0: Right. So we'll segue there too. But let me just say that uh, obviously LSD is not a plant in case somebody is thinking that I think it's a plant.
1: <laughs> no, LSD is derived from ergot, which is a, uh, it is a fungus mm-hmm. that grows on rye, rye mm-hmm. seed. Mm-hmm. And it is present as there the, the pre, as its precursor, LSA. Mm-hmm. Now, LSA will provide a lot of the effects of LSD. However, it will also come with some unpleasant effects, nausea, potentially purging. When it's refined a little bit, it becomes LSD. And that is through a laboratory process. It it is not a simple extraction like making cannabis oil. That being said, it is derived from a, a natural source and once it's been adjusted and, and refined to LSD, all of those negative effects are no longer present. So mm-hmm. you won't feel nausea mm-hmm. when taking LSD. But it is it is worth noting that it's it's an ergotamine, they call it. It comes from the ergot
0: okay.
1: fungus. Yeah, certainly.
0: Okay. So Let's move into this. is fascinating, and um, thank you so much. You're so well versed in this whole matter. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, no, this is this
1: is my pleasure. I'm having a great,
0: Okay. awesome. So, a lot of people have heard of ayahuasca, sure, um, but not iboga. And Ibogaine. And uh, I know that this is something that you have used to good effect. And I thought it would be a really good idea to educate people about Iboga.
1: Absolutely. I'm so excited uh, about to talk about uh, Iboga medicines and and Iboga in general. Ayahuasca is another powerful plant medicine. And uh, it's there's a lot of great resources out there. A lot of people are experiencing it. This is less so the case with iboga medicine. So the iboga tree, uh, Tabernath Iboga, it is a tree found in Western Africa, mm-hmm. and it is a source of of medicine to indigenous people there, going back thousands of years. Mm-hmm. It's it's used in traditional religious capacity in the buiti religious system. Uh, It's used for rites of passage, it's used for stimulation and hunger suppression for hunting and and it's used to detoxify the soul. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a very powerful plant medicine and our understanding of it is just really unfolding today. It's been known about to Western society since the 1800s when french colonists saw buiti traditions and found the medicine and then refined it into pharmaceuticals which were then marketed as a stimulants mm-hmm. in france okay but that was the extent of western understanding for a very long time somewhere in the 1960s a gentleman who was a psychonaut as as we tend to hear mm-hmm. such people called an a psychedelic explorer who was who was interested in understanding more about psychedelics who was also uh, addicted to heroin his name was Howard Lotsoff a friend of his uh, a chemist said here try this basically and he tried it, and he had what he described as just an awful experience. But he noticed that his need to continue his habit of opiates was entirely broken with this single dose of this psychedelic medicine. Wow. Yeah. He and and he then took it to some friends, who the experience was was replicated, and he then set on a personal mission. To understand and and disseminate the information about the iboga so iboga is like I mentioned it's a plant and it comes from the roots of, of the iboga tree uh, they call it uh, it's a root bark and in its whole form they just call it wood iboga wood but it has several active components in it alkaloids mm-hmm. as they're called uh, and that includes ibogaine so ibogaine is, is a simple extraction from iboga root bark. Okay. And ibogaine is is the one that people are understanding now. It has very interesting effects on addiction across the board. And it, it interacts with the brain and the brain's centers involved in addicted behaviors. These are relevant for opiates, certainly. However, really across the board, when it comes to addictive behaviors, these are the centers of the brain involved. And ibogaine is being shown that it changes these the functioning of, of these systems in the brain. It involves the dopamine and the serotonin systems, and, and it involves neuroplasticity and our ability to learn new behaviors. Mm-hmm. But when this substance is ingested just once this this medicine it creates profound and lasting changes so the most relevant use of ibogaine is in treating substance use disorder for opiate addicts mm-hmm. it can it can be profound a person who may have been addicted to heroin for decades, may have a session which will last three days, Okay. but within that first immediate 45 minutes after the medicine is ingested, they will notice that their withdrawal symptoms, which again, the the withdrawal of opiate addiction is the determining factor in, in, in the absolute voraciousness of, of opiate addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a physical withdrawal that users suffer and it provides relief and it cuts short these withdrawal effects from what can be weeks to hours. Uh, and the other profound thing it does, in addition to stopping the physical withdrawal from opiate use is and this and this is relevant across the board is it suspends cravings for drug use yeah. this could be it that's to be understood a little more as, as scientific research unfolds but I can only say in in, in my personal experience uh, I can tell you that, I suffered a uh, I was I was involved in a very serious car accident mm-hmm. and following that I began using opiate pain medicine and then as that became a habit and and became an addiction I sought for alternatives and found that the only medical alternatives were are what they call maintenance programs these include methadone and buprenorphine, mm-hmm. uh, suboxone as, as it's labeled. Basically, these are other opiates that a person can choose to go on and stay on sometimes indefinitely. Mm-hmm. So that was a very poor option for me. Yeah. Um, I didn't have, I didn't have interest in being on an opiate indefinitely. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it felt like a bit of a prison to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I had heard first about ibogaine potentially a decade before this, and it had been in a conversation in passing where someone told me, just like I told you, that this is a medicine where a person who has been on heroin for decades may may sit down with this medicine for a single session and walk away and not experience withdrawal effects or cravings for six months following that. Uh, by the way that that 6 months is that's the difference maker uh between the ability to to move on for someone who's who's been in this cycle and not is 6 months free of cravings or at least a different relationship with them very profound healing
0: it's incredible just one i i mean i'm amazed that it's just one dose and it can have i mean it sounds almost like the the brain, the body's rewiring somehow.
1: <laughs> it's exactly what's happening. It's, they've they've been able to show this on on brain images, fMRI and PET scans that the dopamine and reward system in your brain is being rewired. And I believe that's the that's the key to the cessation or at least the suspension of cravings is that the dopamine centers in your brain responsible for motivation they get a complete rework from this medicine and it is just one use to create profound changes people who benefit from this medicine tend to go back to it on a every so often basis depending on the individual they may choose to have another session after six months or they may choose two years some people go back every two years or three years or four years or as Needed and, and they have a smaller dose session with it. But again, it's it's just reworking those same centers in the brain and it provides this new relationship with motivation and reward in general
0: hmm So is it used for other things besides addiction?
1: It can be I personally believe at this time and considering the incredible scale of the of the opiate addiction problem as well as addictions to other things it's certainly effective for uh, addictions to drugs methamphetamine and cocaine even alcohol there are some health considerations that need to be taken in in into mind that become more pronounced with things like methamphetamine and alcohol Mm -hmm. but but in all cases uh it is incredibly powerful for addiction so People seek it out for other reasons. A lot of people who experience long-term self-limiting thoughts, Mm -hmm. that's one I've I've heard people that have sought it out for. My perspective is at this time, and and with the somewhat limited supply of the medicine and and availability, that the best use for it is with addicted people.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It seems like, because I know addiction is such a problem now that it, it would seem like this should be used. Everybody should know about this because probably everyone knows at least one person who has a problem with addiction in some way.
1: Sure thing. Without a doubt in this day and age, that's the case. And and therefore we all know that at this point now that previous belief systems of blaming and all that are just totally totally unnecessary and, and not grounded in reality that we're dealing with a, a, a real condition, a psychological ailment, a, a treatable condition mm-hmm. as we come to find mm-hmm. that involves our brains and, and our psychology and our, our neurological pathways. And there's so many people that can benefit and it's so little known, uh, the, the iboga medicine and, and I and very, very few people have heard about it, which is why I'm happy to come and share my experience uh, with you, because I can tell you in my case, I considered it to be a, a miracle in certain regards, because when I had thought there were no good options, mm-hmm. I found that. I found respite in, in this plant. I found that in one session, my habit was broken. I, there was no need to continue using any sort of, of pain or, or maintenance medication there, thereafter. And my relationship with substance use in general was just drastically shifted. Wow. A lot of people report that it, it is, it is, it is psychedelic, but really it is actually more better, better classed as one your logical that, that means that it produces sleep-like effects, dream-like effects. And many people report that they're able to connect with the collective consciousness, the universe, God, however one may, may wish to term, higher our higher selves. They're able to connect with them uh, on a one-on-one basis. And and oftentimes you hear stories of people in this dreamlike trance who are visited by an embodiment of the universe uh, of God, or you can just call him Mr. Ibogaine or, or whatever <laughs> whatever you whatever you may prefer but and able and and shown here are options that you forgot that you have mm-hmm. here are times when you went one way but you didn't have to mm-hmm. and you could have gone all these other directions and you you can you have a lot more power than you realize and so in in this dreamlike place many people find Life-changing revelation.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, Joe, if somebody want is interested in in learning more about ibogaine and 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 what you know, uh, possibly doing it for for themselves or someone they love who has an addiction problem, what would you suggest?
1: Now, this is uh, first off, I would suggest that they visit. The Global IboGaine Therapy Alliance on on the web, uh, and easy easy Google search will take you there. I'm pretty sure it is gita.org. but but just Google search the Global IboGaine Therapy Alliance, and and that's I B O G A I N E IboGaine.
0: Right, and, and I will then, I'll put a link on the web page too.
1: There's such a wonderful organization. It is a continuation of Mr. Lotsov, the the discoverer of the anti-addictive properties of. He's since passed in old age, uh, but his work continues on, and this is the organization doing really great things around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so laws vary by nation. In most of the world, ibogaine is an unregulated substance. Doctors have the ability to work with it and prescribe it as they see fit for their patients. Mm-hmm. In the United States, this is not so. <laughs> it was, of course, right, so surprise, surprise. Uh, uh, so in, in the United States, it, it can be more difficult. Thankfully, our northern neighbor in Canada has yet to make this mistake of of declaring it to have no, no medical value.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there are Ibogaine clinics operating in Canada. If you are if if you are in Canada and you feel that someone may benefit from it, search it out, you'll find options available. There's still few of them, and but there are more opening by the day. Americans can also use those clinics, but there are also clinics available in many other places throughout the world in Mexico and in Costa Rica. Uh, there are several reputable clinics operating. Okay. Doing a little research will take you take you a long way. There are practitioners working with this medicine everywhere, so it's worth knowing that if you need it, it will find you. And in, in a really in 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 a way that that makes me know plants are more powerful than we give them credit for
0: mm-hmm.
1: if someone needs it and and is ready for it it can find you
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes yes and and do you have a website
1: uh yeah i have a website it'll be online here in the next uh two weeks and it's at manacannabis.com that's m-a-n-n-a cannabis.com and I can also be reached at manacannabis at gmail.com. If anyone has any questions or I can help or offer any sort of information, please do reach out.
0: Great. Great. And this will actually go up in three weeks. So your site will be up by the time. Oh, perfect. So, yeah. That's excellent. Excellent. That's great. Is there anything that you that you feel that's important to, to share that you haven't yet before we close?
1: Hmm. Just that final thoughts are just that uh, our relationship with all these wonderful things is, is expanding. And I think people should should find without fear that plants can in general be a much greater ally than we may have given them credit in the past, in the recent past to be. Uh, there's much healing out there. There's a lot of people doing great work too. Uh, I'm just excited to be alive right now and be a part of this unfolding awareness
0: well i for one certainly appreciate all that you're doing to help to spread the word and to help people so thank you
1: thank you janine this was a wonderful time i really appreciate you having me on
0: oh it was a lot of fun thank you thank you so much take care joe we'll you as well okay bye uh, Thank you for listening, and thank you, Joe Busseghi, for taking time to share your extensive expertise in plant medicine with us. The podcast website is realjanine.com, where you can listen to and download episodes. Be sure to sign up for the podcast bi-weekly blog newsletter to keep up on new episodes, archives, life updates, and always a healthy recipe. And remember, Janine is J-A-N-E-A-N. To subscribe to Keeping It Real with Janine, go to iTunes or your favorite podcast provider and check out the Keeping It Real with Janine YouTube channel for video slideshows of all of my conversations. Please go to YouTube and subscribe. I'd really appreciate it. Do you know someone who would benefit from my conversation with Joe? I'll bet you do. Please share the love. Thanks for listening. Take care and be well.